In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. on Twitter at on the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salido FF and my co-host at TJ Calkins as well. We are back to take you game by game through the main slate for week 15. We do not have at Matt Jones TFR with us with us this week. Unfortunately he had some uh, some family commitments to take care of but hey that gives us more time to shoot off our fat mouths TJ and make fools out of ourselves. And you know, we are probably two of the most qualified people to do so. So, uh, very true. Nobody has bigger, fatter mouths than, than you and myself. <laughs> uh, listen, I, we talked a little bit before the, before the show started. You got, you're in a couple of dynasty Super Bowls, some kitchen Cinco stuff, you know, stuff like that. Um, who, listen, who's been your best season-long or dynasty player this year? Who's the person you've leaned on the most? Taysom Hill? Uh, I, uh, I mean, the last four weeks, it's been really easy to, yeah. And I every single Superflex League, uh, I believe every last one, I have had him stashed. So he was just always sitting around waiting to go. Uh, I'm very near 100% ownership on Deontay Johnson. And when Tomlin allows him to play a whole game, he always hits. So he always helps. Uh, yeah, and uh, regardless of the drops lately, he's he's still been getting his numbers, and let's hope that he could he could stay on the field and we keep James Washington at bay. I know Ben oh. likes James Washington. Well, I don't I don't know. I know he doesn't like anybody better than Deontay, and we saw what the offense looked like with him off the field. It was like uh, Tomlin. It feels like at halftime was like, well, shit, I have to deal with a couple drop passes as opposed to no one open ever. So. Well, as I mentioned to you before we got on, I am in the semis of both Capitalist Pigs 2 and 3, and I'm facing off in both of those with the man himself, Scott Fish, who has Taysom Hill on both of those rosters, and I do not. So uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be at odds a little bit in that. But guess who I have on both of my Pigs 2 and Pigs 3 rosters? That's right, JD4 Target McKissick, um, both of those rosters. <laughs> that was at least one more than Peyton Barber, right? So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get into, <laughs> we'll get into that Washington team right away because the first game we have on the Week 15 slate is the Seattle Seahawks against the Washington football team. We have a 44.5 total in this game. And, you know, the first thing I could say flat out to GJ is this is a good Washington defense. So it makes me very leery of playing uh, Seahawks in this game. I, I don't really want to pay up. For uh, the guys in this game to go against that defense, their Washington team is now in first place. They've knocked Matt Jones's the New York Giants from that spot in the NFC East. But um, is there anything that you could feel comfortable with on the Seahawks side this week? It's sad to say, but there, there really isn't. Uh, you hit the nail on the head with how well the, uh, the Washington defense is playing front to back. And I'm not going to pay the price for DK. And then beyond that, there's absolutely nothing I want. So <laughs> any uh, exposure to this game for me will come on the Washington side, which is absolutely uh, insane to think about if we're talking about this just even a month ago. Yeah, and we saw this Giants team just two weeks ago shut down this Seahawks offense. And, and Washington is playing as good, if not better. Dep- I'd, I'd say better right now so yeah yeah go ahead. And the, the early the, the one o'clock start for a west coast team you know I, I just i hate those and i tend to avoid them whenever possible and i think it's just not possible but easy to avoid seattle this week so that's 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 the path i'm going to take 
Yeah, good good rule of thumb. As a Raiders fan, I know every time we go east, it doesn't turn out well. But let's jump on to that Washington side. Uh, Alex Smith is banged up. He had to leave the game early last week. There's a chance he's going to play, and this is not a good pass defense uh, for Seattle. They've played better second half of the year, but still they're very attackable. Um, both Smith and Haskins come in at 5,000 apiece. I don't think we want any part of Haskins if he plays. And uh, I, I don't know that we're looking at Smith either, but it's a really, really good matchup for, for Terry McLaurin. Are you scared away if it ends up being Haskins or at 6,600, what he could do against this offense? Uh, you, you go with McLaurin this week? This is actually going to sound odd because nobody has been – a hater of Dwayne Haskins at a higher level or more consistently than I have. But with Alex Smith, the the numbers for McLaurin just evaporated. They disappeared. And I am terrified to even start him in playoff matchups this week in this simple matchup if it's Alex Smith. I almost want to see Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I mean, if for nothing else, for McLaurin's sake, uh, they might lose by 30 if Haskins plays. But at least we know. I mean, we we feel better about McLaurin uh, putting up some numbers there. Where are you at on that? Yeah, I think what we're going to end up seeing is them doing everything possible to get Alex Smith in a lineup, unfortunately, because I think that they feel like he gives them the better chance to win the game, to keep him in the game. Maybe not. Maybe at McLaurin's expense, right? Uh, but you're what you say is a hundred percent true. We've seen the numbers almost be non-existent um, two weeks ago, and you know. Haskins will will throw. He may throw some interceptions, but he will throw and get it downfield to him as well. So, yeah, that's a definite wait and see. Um, Antonio Gibson most likely not going to play again this week. I think I saw that they signed Lamar Miller off of the Chicago Bears practice squad today. So that's a bad sign for Gibson coming back this week. And I think that they realize McKissick is not the running back. Um, he did get 11 carries. He did well, 11 carries for 68 yards. That's, a, you know, good per touch uh, totals. But I don't think he could carry the mail, so to speak, for this team. Uh, we we said last week, I set the over-under at 14 targets for McKissick. And I think the he only saw four. And, listen, that was a crazy high number. Once Haskins came in, I don't think he saw a target the rest of the game. And they tried to use him to run as much as possible. And they were, you know, it, it worked out for them. Logan Thomas at $4,000 saw another seven targets last week. He caught six of them for 43. And that was his third straight double digit output. It's the 17th ranked tight end defense. So that might be a way you want to go TJ, before we move on to bears, Vikings, anything you want to add? I think the starting quarterback matters on which pass catcher you want to play. Uh, if Gibson plays, I, I'm absolutely going to play at least a little bit of him. Um, and I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he doesn't. Uh, I think it's on the wrong side of 50-50. But I, I'm actually absolutely going to play some Gibson if he does play. Now, as far as if he doesn't, then there's probably one pass catcher to play. If it's Haskins as a starter, we just talked about that, then I'll play McLaurin. If it's Alex Smith, we go right back to Logan Thomas. And I think it is sadly as simple as that. There you go. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know, looking at what's happened for the last couple of weeks. It's just that easy. So let's jump into Bears-Vikings, 47-point total in this game. And, uh, TJ, dare I say the Bears offense is a juggernaut? <laughs> I mean, we were – we, we said all the, all the weapons were good. We weren't so, so high on Trubisky as we were the week before, but he actually had his best game of the year with, a, you know, 300-plus yards and three touchdowns, no turnovers which was nice to see, and that wa that spelled a monster game for Allen Robertson. Rob Binson, not Rob Bertson, he doesn't exist. $7,400 this week. He's coming off at 30.3 points against the 25th-ranked wide receiver uh, defense in the Vikings. Uh, $7,400 seems affordable if we could be getting somewhere between 25 and 30 points. You're going back to Allen Robinson this week? Yeah, I would, and uh, he's actually stackable with – uh, Trubisky. Uh, I don't love that. I don't know if I'm going to get to any actual stacks there. Uh, the only thing that might keep me off of just some huge exposure number to Robinson is I still think Cole Komet is the most viable cheap tight end play on the slate. He's still only 3,000. He did see seven targets last week. 
I don't care if the touchdown went elsewhere. You know, that's not going to take me off of a tight end. And it's not like he's incapable of receiving end zone or goal line targets, that sort of thing. So that not wanting to play two Bears pass catchers uh, would be the thing that keeps me uh, perhaps underexposed or lowly exposed to A-Rob here. Yeah, and I agree with you. I was very disappointed when Jimmy Graham holding that touchdown. Jimmy Graham saw four targets of his own, but Komet back-to-back weeks of seven targets and more yardage actually this week than he had in the week previous. So, you know, tight ends, I'm sorry, touchdowns are random, you know, unless you're Devontae Adams, they're pretty much random. Um, So a good indicator is that he's getting the targets, he's getting more work, and he looks like the better player. So I don't disagree with you at all about going back to Cole Komet this week, and he's a very reasonably priced tight end target. Um, Listen, Montgomery going against that, a horrific Houston defense puts up another hundred plus yard game. He sees another uh, good, good set of targets out of the backfield. The role continues to be his. He's priced up to 7,000 this week. Um, you know, the Vikings are better against the run than they are against the past. Still not a great defense anywhere. Uh, Montgomery, somebody you could, I mean, there's some really good bargains and some really good matchups this week. Um, so, you know, Montgomery might be one I'm going to stay away from, but are you any interest in Montgomery just based on usage? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely going to play some Montgomery this week. I'm not going to – I literally locked him last week. I didn't make a lineup without him. Uh, this week I will play some. Uh, it's not as sweet. Obviously, the price is different, and the matchup isn't as good. But when you got a guy rolling like this and he's smashing on the ground and he's smashing through the air, and then – Say like just like this, the price goes up. The matchup, not a bad matchup, not a good matchup, but you come off a great matchup. Everybody says, "No, I don't want to play him anymore," and then they get surprised when the result is the same. You know, especially if Chicago is leading this game, I, I I absolutely think he could smash again. But there's another back right at the same price tag that I think I like a little bit better that we'll get to. So, someone yeah, got well- me not a lot. We'll definitely get to that uh, that back a little bit later. Um, in this same game, we have Dalvin Cook, and again, it's a it's a much tougher matchup for him because this Chicago uh, defense is good against the run. So, simply put, would you rather pay the seven thousand for Montgomery this week or the nine thousand for Dalvin Cook? Montgomery, hands down, very easy. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the monster monster Cook game in in quite a few weeks actually now, so. Good, good totals, but at $9,000, you don't want good totals. You want smash totals. We haven't been seeing that. Both uh, both wide receivers were uh, last week, Jefferson and Thielen. That could have a lot to do with who their quarterback is. But at 7,300 and 7,100 for Jefferson and Thielen, respectively, again, a tough matchup this week. And uh, I think for me, TJ, the, the guy catching the ball I'd be looking at this week is more Irv Smith than anybody else. Um, he comes in. At a, again, reasonably priced. I did not write his price down here, but it's in the three thousand and change range. Uh, he returned after missing a few games: four targets, four receptions, sixty-three yards, and a touchdown. And again, a 29th ranked uh, defense against tight end, so attackable there. Anything you want in the pass catching game for the Minnesota Vikings? Irv would be the closest thing that I would be interested in. And uh, thirty-six hundred is nice. I, I would like to see more than four targets. You know, uh, that's very touchdown yeah. dependent when you're talking about that level of volume. But with uh, the big three there, Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, in this matchup, I, I think their prices are all just too high, and they would need super smash to actually return on, the, on those prices. And Minnesota's a team I'm not really interested in this week. Yeah, the reality is the Bears' defense is a tough one to smash against. And with the offense playing better, it's um yeah I, I could see I could see the uh, the Bears actually winning that game outright this upcoming week. So we have the Patriots and the Dolphins. It's got a low total of forty one point five. Um, I don't have a lot written down about this game because Miami defense gave Patrick Mahomes fits last week, you know. And so what do I think they're going to do to a Cam Newton led offense that that just literally cannot do anything? And the Miami Dolphins offense is completely injured, completely. Any decent player on that offense is injured outside of the quarterback who doesn't yet put up big fantasy totals. So 
I'm passed on everybody in this game, TJ. If you have anybody you'd like to add before we jump out of it, you let me know. Well, it, if we're down to one running back again, DeAndre Washington remains in play, uh, just like last week. But he's not even the best play on Miami, uh, especially if Parker misses, because Parker was limited today. He was out there in some capacity. Uh, Lynn Bowden has risen from the dead. He's changed positions. He's changed teams in his rookie year, and now all of a sudden – he was a productive wide receiver last week when he was called upon. And I think that'll happen again. He's only 3,600 on a slate that is truly hurting for plays, solid plays in the 3,000s. So I absolutely am kind of in love with Bowden this week. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. And I would actually love it more if they would give him some some backfield work, man. He could he has the ability to be uh, Antonio Gibson, like even if they, if, you know, it's, I'd love to see it. And with, Got options like DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird. Um, why not? Why not see? And you may. So, again, very cheap option. And, you know, what's the downside, really, in that? So, let's move over to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens. 47.5 total with the Ravens carrying the day at 30-plus implied total for them alone. Listen, let's, we won't rehash the Lamar-Jackson uh, poop-poop stories that have been going on since the Monday night game when he came out of the locker room to lead them. We're not going to talk about that game, Sam. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> well, I, oh, that's right. I, I forgot yeah, it was yeah, against yeah. Cleveland. All right, so we won't I, talk about that game. We'll just, just talk about this 15 game. 15 minutes ago. I've been crying ever since. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> totally understandable. That's a tough one to lose, especially for the Cleveland Browns who were rolling in the right direction. I have a feeling – they will get right against the Giants this Sunday night. Anyway, uh, you don't have to uh, – You they won't be on the main slate, but you could sit and watch that one alone again on a primetime spot. Hey, listen, but Lamar Jackson finds his way back to 124 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. That is the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a Monday Night Football game. They said that during the broadcast. That's the only reason I know that. I'm not uh, the type of guy who goes that deep into stuff, but this is the 27th ranked QB defense, but he gets his work done in a different way than, you know, the traditional quarterbacks and $7,500. I, I expect, I think the Ravens are getting healthy at the right time. So for Cleveland fans, that might be a bad thing uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That might be a bad thing for the AFC in general. That might be a bad thing because this team has playoff experience they got to where they got the last two years and, and fumbled um, going any further. They could be hitting stride as we come to the playoffs at the right time. And I'm really excited about specifically Lamar Jackson in this game. And Mark Andrews, at a reasonable 5,500 for what he could do, started to get the targets again last week, started to get used a little bit downfield, and maybe he's finally fully healthy. Because I don't think he's been healthy all year. TJ, but before we get your comment on those, I want to throw one thing in. The, the pass catching options for Baltimore are pretty much all on the COVID list this week, leaving Willie Sneed, Des Bryant, and an interesting rookie and Duvernay at $3,200. I know you like to find those diamond and rough uh, possible rookie guys at cheap prices. Talk to me about the Baltimore offense and what, if anything, you are interested in this week. Uh, I, I, honestly, I'm not interested in all that much. I, I, I do want to see the status on Patrick Ricard, of all things, because uh, Andrew's got half of his production after Ricard went out of that game last week. Uh, just watching the game live, it looked like uh, Ricard broke a bone in his forearm. Uh, but they just showed him running off the field. I noticed it out of the corner of my eye. Then they showed him sitting on the bench holding his arm, and I haven't heard a word about it since. So Ricard is going to be, honestly, of all things, that's going to be a big thing for me uh, as far as Andrews goes. Uh, with Hollywood going on the COVID list, I think Willie Sneed at 4,300 becomes extremely interesting. Uh, I think we could see some uh, volume there. And other than that, I have just a little bit of interest in Dobbins, but there's just no snowball's chance in hell I'm playing Lamar at 7,500 over Mahomes at 7,900. Like, it's just not going to happen. So that's why my interest in the Ravens is is just somewhat minimal, you know? So Yeah, you can never go wrong with playing uh, 
Patrick Mahomes. And that's going to be an interesting matchup. That's the last game on our slate. We'll get to it later. Big matchup against the Saints this week. Um, I find it hard to play Dobbins when Gus Edwards is only $4,500 and gets all the goal line work. And just at times it's looked like the better back. Robbins looks more – Dobbins, man. I come from a mother who says every name wrong, and it's passed on to me in another generation. Dobbins just looks more explosive, but they haven't – they just haven't unleashed him really. They've done it here. They've done it there, but not consistently enough. But Gus Edwards at $4,400 stealing the goal line work. Nobody's playing Ingram. Ingram is priced more than Gus Edwards somehow, and I I don't get that at all. On the Jacksonville side, Gardner Minshew – I can't understand why when he was fully healthy, he was not immediately put back in as a starter. I, I think it's because they want to lose games, right? Obviously that's got to be the reason why they, they got, they want to lose games. And I think they realize now we can't catch the jets. The jets are just so bad. There's no chance we're going to get the number one overall pick, but Minshew is back behind center. And I think that that is an upgrade for all targets on this offense. Um, with that said, TJ, talk to me about the pass catchers in Jacksonville. I know you've liked them in the past, and I know they're going to be most likely chasing in this game. Chark, Chenault, did they get you uh, get you excited this week? Uh, Minshew did have a rough stretch there, and I, I could almost understand the benching when it happened. So then they go to Luton. He has what, one good game, I believe, and then he came back down to earth, and he was just absolutely brutal. So – at that point in time is when they should have went back to Minshew. So we saw Glennon, and he, too, had, what, one decent game? I mean, he didn't even have anything near the level of what Luton did in his one, his one respectable game. So now we go back to Minshew, and, my God, Glennon last week, he was absolutely miserable. It was pitiful. I mean, Shark, who is the only pass catcher I have interested in, honestly, uh, he's only 5,000 this week. He had nine targets last week. I believe he had something in the neighborhood of two catches for 17 yards. I, I don't know offhand exactly what it was. But it, it just – I watched part of that game because I even I even broke down and played a couple of Glennon Shark lineups, and I'm watching it just screaming at it. So it, it was miserable to watch, but it definitely is a, an out of confidence uh, with Minshew. You know, we – Glennon's exactly what he's always been, uh, and his ceiling was never Minshew playing last year or this year at any point. So it is an upgrade, and we see a Baltimore secondary that seemingly every last player got hurt last week, every last one. So now we need to watch and see who's going to play on the back end this week. If we're looking at truly exploitable opportunity there, Minshew at 5,300 with Shark at 5,000. I mean, I, I will absolutely play them. And I, I know that's a hold your nose, it feels gross kind of thing, but it, it truly is a spot that could pay off there. Can I tell you uh, about holding your nose and, and gross and let you know what I did last week, which got me knocked out of a Dynasty Superflex matchup? Um, I have Patrick Mahomes as my, my one mainstay quarterback, and I really have no second quarterback. I had Haskins who didn't pan out. So all year I've been kind of struggling back and forth. So every time a quarterback got hurt, I would add Flacco. I added Brandon Allen. I added Mike Glennon. And last Saturday night, the trades, I was playing John Bosch. For those of you out there who know John Bosch is, I know TJ knows who John is. I was playing John. It's his league. Um, And I got an offer that sent me back Marvin Jones and Mitchell Trubisky. And I started Glennon over Mitchell Trubisky. I made the trade <laughs> and I started my Glennon over Mitchell. I was like, ah, I just have a feeling. I have a feeling the matchup's good. Let me go with it. Well, there was a 30 point difference, <laughs> as in Glennon scored one point something and Trubisky scored 31 point something. And I am out of that league by less than 30 points. It 100% cost me the matchup. Um, yeah, so I admit that here to you folks because I want you to know that I'm an idiot and you should listen to TJ and not me. Go ahead, TJ. That's painful, bro. No, I condolences, uh, <laughs> condolences on that season as related to rest. <laughs> Nobody to blame but myself for that one. Let's shoot to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
and the Atlanta Falcons with a 50.5 total in this game. Um, I, I don't know that I've felt comfortable at any point playing Tom Brady this year. He's had blow-up games. Uh, this is a good matchup, $6,600. But again, it could go wrong. I mean, that, that offense has not had any consistency as far as I'm concerned this year. It, it was last week, Evans, five targets. Godwin, three targets. Brown, five targets. Nobody's even getting bulk load targets. I know Godwin is your first and foremost guy always in an offense, and the talent is the reason. I mean, that, there's no doubt about it, but he just doesn't get the looks that he should be getting from Tom Brady. And the, the person who pulled in all five of their targets last week was Antonio Brown. He's the cheapest, and I keep thinking every week it's going to be a matter of time before Antonio Brown has a monster game. And at $5,400, I want to I wanna take a shot because it's a good Good matchup, but you tell me what you're thinking about the pass offense in Tampa. Man, did, did you see the one target Godwin got last week that wasn't caught? I did not see a lot of that game, if I'm being honest. It, I mean, it, it was a – I don't know if it was a deep slant or just a deep end, but uh, it, it looked like Godwin was jogging down the fairway of a golf course that had no one else on it. I mean, he had no one in front of him. Easy 70 to 80 yard touchdown, and Brady overthrew it. I mean, just mm. uncatchable ball. And it was so ungodly tilting. And then no volume came his way for the rest of the game. So, yeah, that was awful. But yeah, if there's a player I'm going to play in this game, it's Godwin. Uh, the price isn't super attractive. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's solely a tournament play, it's not a cash play. Um, and Brady is the same way, except worse. Like, he's even harder to get to. So, I, I mean, I don't really – I want to attack Atlanta, but it is just really difficult to trust unless we create the narrative that, well, they might not be able to run the ball at all, uh, depending on who's available at running back. And Brady might throw it 50 times. So, it's definitely a news-watching game uh, for the rest of the week, just figuring out exactly what we're going to be dealing with with the Bucks. But, yeah, man, Godwin for now, but uh, – Stay tuned on the news and see who's going to be available. Yeah, always important to remember we're recording this show on Wednesday night. So if you're listening to it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, we don't have the latest update. But definitely always check the news going right up until Sunday. So you mentioned who's going to be running the game. Ronald Jones injured his pinky, had surgery, and then today was added to the COVID list. Um, Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch last week. They did say he would be the starter if Ronald Jones doesn't play. And he is at a really attractive $4,500, but is it attractive enough? Ronald Jones out, TJ. Do you get excited for, for Fournette at 4500 I mean, it's Fournette, no. How do you get excited? <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's doable. Um, I don't know. It, it just feels really gross to me there, so – uh, we did see Shady McCoy get some work last week, which is equally gross, if not worse. Uh, and then we're looking at a situation with Atlanta. If if there's some, if and when they're somehow beating them, I mean, we could see Atlanta fall behind. They could give Keyshawn Vaughn work in the second half of this game. So you know, if they feel like they're in a safe spot and they can survive a mistake, then maybe Vaughn gets work. So it. It's another just dicey situation. I'm going to monitor the news, but there's really nothing I feel good about right now on it. Yeah, it seems like so long ago, Keyshawn Vaughn, right? It's He was uh, a hot talk around the, the dynasty community preseason, and it just feels like it never got off the ground, but I actually even forgot about it. But it's very possible that that could happen because maybe he brings an element to the game that Leonard Fournette doesn't. On the Falcon side, I have a hard time getting excited about almost anybody in this game except for maybe a receiver or two. Uh, but Calvin Ridley, again, questionable, again, a little bit banged up. Listen, when he plays, he plays. 29.4 points last week. He's been steady when he's in there. Um, Russell Gage at 4,700. Listen, it was nice. He had seven targets. He caught five of them. He passed for a 39-yard touchdown. But is that something you could bank on happening again? No, you can't bank on that at all. Hayden Hurst, 1.7 and 1.8 the last two weeks. He had like eight points before that and then a zero the week before that. So 
He has been next to nothing the last few weeks. So for me personally, I'm not excited about the Falcons. TJ, what about yourself? Can you believe this team was worse coached at one point in time this year? <laughs> yes. I mean, oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I just really don't have any interest. I fully expect Julio back this week. So uh, without – with honestly, Ryan looks like trash too. So I don't want anybody. I just, it's awful. If Julio's out, then it is a boost to Gage. It is a boost to Ridley, and they become playable. But that would be it. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see the Falcons next year. It could be very, very different. Could Matt Ryan could uh, could move on? They could really change that up a lot next year. It might be time to move on from Julio, who I love, but it just might be too expensive for a guy who's not playing consistently anymore. So we really might be seeing the end of that that group. Team truly needs to start from scratch. I mean, they have no path to relevancy as they currently sit. Absolutely. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed, match your job criteria, and you can contact the moment your sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore's total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's way more than 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, listen, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of the people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how much you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi made for watching football. Go to madeforwatchingfootball.com to check out, check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. TJ, let's jump right back into the games as I scroll on back down. Because usually our good friend Matt Jones is here to do those reads. And I don't got to leave my page. But now I had to go back and find... My spot, and oh, look where we are. We find the Detroit Lions against the Tennessee Titans with a 51.5 total. And, you know, I'm going to go out on the limb and say that Derrick Henry just might break Adrian Peterson's 296-yard rushing game NFL record this week. I mean, he's priced back up into the 9,000s, right? We had him nice and cheap. Last week, but do you go without Derrick Henry in the lineups this week, TJ? I mean, you absolutely can. Uh, I, it's not a highly recommended strategy, uh, and it's not like you're going to lock button Henry at that price. I don't think you should lock button anyone uh, over 9K. But, yeah, he's an absolute smash spot. It's one of those uh, late-in-the-year games for Henry where we could see that 40-50 point game, absolute slate breaker. Um but if at that price, if he gets 20, he's probably not helping you in tournaments. Uh, that might be good enough for cash, but 
you just have to be aware at a price like that that it is you need that true smash uh to pay up at that level uh wh where are you at sal are you talking about locking them or are you just in on them or what yeah he's gonna be in my cash lineups I, I don't know about if i'm locking him across the board everywhere else there are some good bargains still to come uh on this slate that we're going to talk about but you know my love for derrick henry i actually in a league, one of the leagues that I did not make the playoffs in this year, got a Derrick Henry offer that somebody wanted me to trade them Derrick Henry. Now, I own Derrick Henry, or I manage, because you got to be careful how you say things this year, in um, pretty much every Play dynasty. <laughs> pretty much every dynasty league that I, startup, I drafted Henry or, or got him through auction. And in the ones that I didn't make the playoffs in, people came from this year, obviously, because he's a league winner. And I got the person wanted to trade me, Emmett. I'm Emmett. I keep calling Zeke Elliott Emmett Smith because I'm an old man. Uh, they want to trade me Ezekiel Elliott for Derrick Henry, and I wouldn't make that deal uh, straight up. But by the time we were done, I got uh, Ezekiel Elliott and his first round pick next year. So um, I was okay with taking a shot on that because I could flip, I could flip Zeke in the offseason, keep that first, and maybe get some good young players from another team. That's looking to make a run. So that was the reason I did that. But yeah, I, I have a, a strange uh, love for Derrick Henry, but I don't think I'd be locking him this week. But let's talk about the rest of the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I think you could play a lot of other pieces in this game. Tannehill is playable again, 6,800. It might be some better bargains than him, but uh, he's definitely in play. It's 30th ranked QB defense. A.J. Brown had a monster game last week. He's uh, limited in practice, but he was limited last week and played. Should play a well uh, play this week as well. He comes in at 7,600. And then again, Corey Davis, who had a down week for a guy who we got kind of used to finally doing well, comes in at 5,800. So across the board, TJ, what else gets you excited with the Titans? I mean, that's it. I expect both tight ends to play, so I don't think we're going to have a tight end value. Uh, just a tanny stack. Uh, I don't think you're double stacking with tanny, but a single tanny stack uh, on a Henry fade is nice leverage uh, in tournaments. But like you say, it's just not that exciting. It's especially if Stafford doesn't play, and I think that's a big key here for uh, DFS purposes in this game. But I, I think it's just so much easier to just pay up for Henry. But if Stafford does play now, things truly get interesting because Tennessee is so bad on the back end. Uh, you have a fairly cheap stack then with uh, Stafford and Jones and a stack that you can play with him. So that that's that's a fun game stack to me. I think Swift at 64 is a little bit too expensive. So it, it's just harder to get to. I'd probably be more interested in him if it wasn't Stafford, so that you're not playing a stack, but you could just play Swift uh, solo. He might get more carries, uh, might get more checkdowns. But, yeah, uh, man, for something that could just see a lot of points, there is just not a long list of players that are truly viable in this game. Yeah, and, and the Stafford thing is we've seen him so many times play through injury. He's a tough guy, Matthew Stafford, probably one of the most – uh, under pre, underappreciated guys, quarterbacks in the NFL, right? He just does it week in and week out for his team. He'll do things sometimes that'll make you absolutely nuts, nuts as a fantasy owner. But this is a pretty decent rib injury, and they have nothing to play for as a team this year. So I think there's a reality. You see Chase Daniel this week, and uh, I don't know if I love anything. If Chase Daniel is back there, like you say, you could do Swift if, if there's no Stafford. Uh, but there's no guarantee to those swift points. I'm sure he gets the role that he usually gets. And again, Hawkinson, 11 targets last week, $5,200. Still comes in cheaper than a guy like Mark Andrews. And he's the number three overall tight end on the season. Like He's done it week in and week out. I mean, he's been consistent. At the beginning of the year, we were like, oh, he's touchdown dependent, but he was getting the touchdowns. Now he's getting the targets, the receptions, and the yardage totals. And um, I'm actually looking forward to what he could develop into in years to come and next year. But he's been pretty nice to have. I've had him in a couple of uh, season longs this year. Yeah, he's pleasantly surprised me. But, I mean, if you're looking at it from either a DFS perspective or a year-long perspective, that consistency that you're speaking of, it, it just simply isn't a difference maker. You know, it's just not quite enough. 
it's steady as she goes. But it, whatever points you're gaining from him, particularly in DFS, it, it's just not worth the extra salary from a player in the 3,000s. Yeah, there's guys out there like Irv Smith and Logan Thomas and, and guys we've mentioned, Cole Komet, that are cheaper and you probably could get – you could probably have similar expectations. I agree there. Um, let's jump to the Jets and the Rams, 43.5 total. I have one thing written down for the Jets, and that's that they're going to be shut out in this game, right? I mean, there's, there's no reason for me to think – they only scored three points against Seattle's defense last week, and this is a top fight. LA Rams defense. So I'm not going to, but let me ask you, cause you, you like, you like some guys on the jets from time to time, but I can't get on board with it this week. How about you? Nope. Just can't do it. Nope. 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 Rams defense. I, I have one play written down from this game and that's the Rams defense and that's it. Yeah. And I, and so let's get to the cam Akers who had 29 carries last week and comes in at $6,600. It's clearly his backfield, but, I'm glad you said that you only have the Rams defense down because I think it's a trap this week to play Cam Akers. The Jets are actually pretty good against the run, and I don't like Cup at seven thousand. Woods at sixty eight hundred. It's just like there they don't. There's no smash weeks out of those wide receivers. So if you got nothing else to add, we'll jump to the to the Texans and the Colts. I'll just add real quick on Akers and the possibility of a trap. I mean. If they have truly handed the backfield to them and they're looking forward down the road for the rest of the season, when this game is even a two-score game, they might just let another back finish it out or at least take a portion of the work. So that's that's why I'm less interested in Akers. I I, I don't think he's a bad play by any means, but there uh, there are definitely worries that come with him. Yeah, it's a solid point. Want to have him healthy for for the run because they're definitely going to be in the playoffs and and be making a run. This year, so we'll get to the Texans and the Colts. Fifty-one point total. Uh, again, nothing gets me excited on the Texans side. Brandon Cooks is limited with a neck. He was a late uh, scratch from that game last week. Kiki Kute for, at fifty-three hundred for a guy who only saw three targets last week, and the day was saved by a touchdown. Um, I know you liked Hanson, and Hanson did see seven targets again. The yardage was down, but again, like we spoke earlier about uh, targets being a, an indicator of of the usage. Obviously, are you back on Hanson this week at forty two hundred, or is it just too tough of a Colts defense for you to get excited this week? I mean, at forty two hundred, I I don't know how much matchup matters. You know, uh, if you truly believe the volume is still going to come, which it could, uh, I'm okay with Hanson. Last week, I, I was just so hell-bent on uh, getting the Mahomes double stack in. I kind of, you know, I played a lot of Hanson because of it, and it was fine. It, it, you know, I made a few dollars last week. I can't complain. And I will play him again this week, just nowhere near the uh, exposure. I, I think I'm just going to be more diversified this week. Well, listen, he pulled in all seven of those targets, right? So you got seven points alone for the receptions to add in, you know, five and change for the for the yardage. Points, something like that. <laughs> uh, listen, on the, on the cold side, we have two people to talk about. It's a, it's a young man in his first season and an old man who's having a resurgence. And we've spoken for the last few weeks about how this is definitely Jonathan Taylor's backfield now. And – Listen, $7,200, he's still very affordable for the role that he has. And we saw um, Montgomery have 113 yards on only 11 carries last week against this defense. So here's another spot where Jonathan Taylor could just absolutely smash. He he had 20 for 150 and two touchdowns last week, TJ. Is, um, is this the guy you've been, been waiting to talk about all, all show long? This is the guy, man. I mean – the this Houston team just got their doors blown off at every level by the Bears. And I, we were we were talking about – it was the second game we talked about today, and we were talking about a little bit of shock, shock and awe, like, oh, Trubisky. It, it, everything worked out perfectly for the Bears, and it was an absolute blowout. And that's been something that team has been incapable of. So now with Houston missing Fuller and Cobb, <laughs> and I, David Johnson doesn't matter. They can't run the ball regardless. They, they're just kind of a wreck, and the defense is just even harder on them now. 
they haven't been able to stop the run all year. Taylor is going to absolutely smash no matter what because we're going to get another blowout. The question remains, do one of the receivers hit again as well, just like last week? Now, T.Y. Hilton's going to be the, the recency bias guy. I'm like, oh, he scored twice last week. Yeah, sure he did. But the volume was not there. He had seven targets. I'm double-checking just to make sure I was uh, remembering correctly. Pittman had five, didn't score. So it looks like T.Y. blew him out of the water. But we see a one-target shift. They are now on the same target level. And Pittman didn't score. T.Y. did. Uh, I am not getting excited over T.Y., but not Pittman. And then there's also a 700 price difference. So if you want a little bit of leverage uh, as far as a receiver goes, I think Pittman is uh, very much in play this week. Yeah, perfect pivot. I mean, like you said, people are going to see those numbers, you know, back-to-back 25-plus point games out of Hilton and just think, hey, it's the old T.Y., but, you know, it could disappear just like that. He was he was invisible for 10 weeks of the season, you know, so it's very, very possible that that happens. Uh, anything on either side of the ball you want to add before we jump out of this one? Colts defense is in play, too. That's That's it. Yep, always, always in play the Colts defense if you can find ways to afford paying up a little bit for a defense. Because I know I didn't look at the price, but they're never cheap in uh, weekly. So uh, let's go over to a game that does also does not get me very excited. That is the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys with a 45-point total. Raheem Mostert not practicing with an ankle injury, which could make Jeff Wilson Jr., an interesting bargain at $5,100 when we've seen him play and be the lead guy. He clearly has a nose for the end zone. The guy scores. Um, so, you know, him, him, and then Brandon Ayuk at $6,300 um, are the two plays in this game that I like. I mean, Ayuk has four, four 20 plus point games in his last five. And the one that he didn't score 20 was 19.7. So he's had essentially 20 plus points in five straight games and with Debo banged up as usual. These are the two weapons in this game, TJ. And I, I know you're an Ayuk guy. So what's your opinion? Oh, I mean, Ayuk, <laughs> he is so quietly and is so far under the radar is close to a weekly lock button at these prices that we've seen. And I, I've profited off playing them and I'm going to continue to, I'll play a shit ton of them again this week. And I, I mean, that's it. The The volume is just, it's understated. It truly is. So it's not like he's having to make some splash play to get these 20 points that you were talking about. You know, he's getting every last opportunity. And now, especially if Mostert is out, Wilson's got the matchup, man, and he's going to smash again. He's got a couple of games already this year where he had that opportunity, had that role. And I know one of them was an absolute smash uh, somewhere in the 30s. But then he also had another one, I believe, in the lower 20s. But uh, 5,100, I will be all over both of these 49ers uh, despite having no interest in playing the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the 49ers have interest in playing that quarterback. I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad in San Francisco right now on that side. But you know what? San Francisco does bring a pretty good defense. Uh, weekly. Sometimes it looks a hell of a lot better than it does at other times. And it's why it's uh, even with Amari Cooper having three, a touchdown, three straight games, um, you can get Brandon Ayuk for a hundred dollars cheaper. So I really have no interest in anybody on the Cowboys side in this game. You know, it's uh, Zeke is playing out the string here, I think. And um, Gallup didn't, didn't rear his head again last week, but uh, what do you got to add TJ? I mean, if you just want a game stack up, one of those receivers, Cooper's a little pricey, but I mean, uh, I, I think Gallup's okay too. It's just uh, they're low-level fringe plays, uh, the receivers, but that that would be the only interest on the Dallas side. You know, they're not playing Cincinnati again this week. All right, well, we move into the late games, and there are not – there's 11 games total on this slate, but we didn't mention it earlier that there are two Saturday night games this week, so the slate is a little bit smaller – than the 13 that we usually are accustomed to. But, um, you know, play that Saturday night slate. That could be fun. A couple showdowns on that one. I feel like you wanted to say something. 
Oh, I mean, we just might see uh, KJ Hamler break a slate on Saturday, and I'm excited for it. That's it. <laughs> That's right, too. The two touchdown, three target, two touchdown, KJ Hamler. TJ Calkins has been telling you about him all year. Should have went out and grabbed him in your dynasty leagues when you could because it might be too late at this point to get him for cheap. Um, the Eagles and the Cardinals kick off the late slate with a 49.5 total. And um, very sadly, the most playable player on the Cardinals has become Dan Arnold at $3,500 and four touchdowns over the last four weeks. But uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek, TJ, and I'm going to let TJ take the floor as to who we should be playing uh, the name Kenyon Drake, maybe. I don't know. Man, you got that ESPN or ESPN, some of that. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, Chase Edmonds is now banged up. So the the kind of role we expected early in the season or even in preseason where Kyler was kind of vulturing the goal line work, and then you had times where Edmonds was kind of vulturing some of the pass routes. Well, if both of those things go away, then we are looking at a Kenyon Drake that would have the premier role, dare I say, premier running back role in football that we've been looking for. And he's just 5,500 this week. Uh, throughout the course of the day, it has just kind of slowly but surely dawned on me more and more and more, especially if Edmonds is out. The Drake is going to be the absolute smash of the week this week. So, I, I mean, I'm going way overboard here, but Drake – is the guy. I mean, we could see a 20-carry, eight-target game and, you know, well into the 30s uh, against a truly horrific Philly team. And don't be fooled by the first half against New Orleans. Both New Orleans Lions in the first half thought the game was already over. And then they found themselves down 17 nothing. said, oh, we might as well start playing now. It was too little too late, but the game was totally different after – I mean, it, it was the worst line play from both sides of the ball – that I have seen this year from the Saints. Yeah, and I mean, I can't disagree with you. You could you could get Drake and Jonathan Taylor in your lineup at both very reasonably priced and and fill and fill out with some really good pieces and absolutely smash this week. But you know, jumping over to that Eagles side, um, and it's a shame Matt Jones isn't here because we're going to close out with uh, Jalen Hurts and then next game, Taysom Hill. And these are guys that Matt that Matt does not like that style of football, I think. And he does not like trusting those guys in his lineup. But Jalen Hurts at $5,900, you know, he went for 106 rushing yards himself last week. And he led them to that win over those New Orleans Saints. And, you know, when you see those type of quarterbacks take over, usually it adversely affects the running backs, but Miles Sanders actually had his best game uh, since he came back five games ago from injury with 115 rushing yards himself and in four catches for 21 yards, and he comes in at 6,900. Um, TJ, there's not a wide receiver on this offense that's priced over 4,400, and that makes sense because none of them is seeing any kind of volume uh, at all that's to be Discussed Ertz at $3,400. Ertz at $3,400. He's probably priced too high at $3,400, which is scary. But talk to me about this Eagle side, and uh, will you be playing some Jalen Hurts this week? I mean, I'm fine playing Hurts because he's going to have to continue to run the ball. Uh, last week, we did see clean pockets in the first half in Philly, which, I mean, I was I was utterly shocked. You know, as a person who's a Wentz fan myself, it may be kind of sad to see, but then as the game went on, everything kind of normalized, and he just had to keep taking off. So uh, I, I'm fine with Hurts just because he's going to keep running the ball, but I, I think you almost have to play him naked. I don't think you could have any confidence in any player, any pass catcher. Uh, in the closest thing, I would say, would be Goddard, but even then I'm just – it's really, really hard to get interested there. Yeah, Ertz returning kind of smothered whatever Goddard was giving us and what we could have gotten out of him. And, again, I fully expect Ertz to be somewhere else next year. Um, and we could really see what Goddard could bring to the table completely a year from now. Uh, moving on to the final game on the slate, the Kansas City Chiefs and the aforementioned New Orleans Saints. This comes in at 51.5. Um, you know, before we get – let's let's start with Kansas City. 
listen, it's the it's three guys every week. It's there's really you can't take a shot at what's going to happen with Hardman. Is he going to get touches? Is he going to return and kick stuff like that? It's Mahomes at seventy nine hundred, Hill at eighty eight hundred, Kelsey at eight thousand. Travis Kelsey has more receiving yards than any player in the NFL this year. He's over twelve hundred yards as a tight end with three games left in the season. I mean, he's going to smash. I don't even know what the the highest total was for a tight end, but I got to imagine he's going to break whatever that was this year. Um, TJ Chiefs. I mean, you you can't play anybody else besides these three guys, right? I mean, if you really wanted to play uh, CEH and saying, I'm going to take leverage and hope the touchdowns go to him, that's fine. But, yeah, uh, I mean it's a tough, tough Saints run defense. Really yeah, tough Saints run defense. I, I, I don't know. I, the Saints, I just their run defense is more impressive than their passing defense. I'll give you that. But if you look at some rankings, their their pass defense is given some high marks, and I just don't see it. This is a team here. Let, let me take a breath. You're not going to believe this. This is a team that gave up a touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey. Last week, <laughs> one target, <laughs> one touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey. Now they have, now they have to deal with Tyreek Hill indoors. Like it's unbelievable. And uh, I'm trying to remember who put something out this week. And it's something we kind of knew, but it was just put into print about Mahomes playing indoors in his career. Going back to college, it's only been like six games, but the numbers are just absolutely laughable. It's like video game numbers. So. I mean, Mahomes and Reek and Kelsey. I mean, you know how us Cleveland boys do. Kelsey's doing it. So that's it. I, like you said, that's it. And if you want to just jam them in, play all three of them, there are a few ways to get there this week. I think it's going to be uh, more of a matter of picking and choosing uh, one of the two pass catchers with Mahomes and getting it correct. You know, you, it's just going to be very hard pressed to play both of them at a true heavy level stacked with Mahomes. So we have that. Uh, there is a nice game stack here. Uh, Jared Cook's been very involved uh, with Taysom Hill, but I'll send it back to you here to move us on to the Saints. Yeah, no, absolutely. You might be playing Leonard Fournette if you want to play all three of those guys. You might be having to play Leonard Fournette as one of your running backs this week. But yeah, listen, Drew Brees is still having pain when he's passing. He tried on Monday. To throw, he was going to try again on Wednesday. I did not see any results from that. So you're going to be getting Taysom Hill again for another week at six thousand. Um, so the issue being here is, as he got closer to the passing bonus this past week, TJ, he got further away from the rushing bonus. He was at two ninety one passing, but he was only, I believe, thirty three yards on the ground this week. And you know, I would love to see that. I would love to see it happen. Um, but I think in order for him to do one, the other kind of suffers but what we did see was because they were trailing early in that game against philadelphia well the targets return for alvin kamara because they were chasing and there's a very real possibility and i would say not even a possibility a likelihood they're trailing a game in this week uh, they're trailing again in this game this week and we could see kamara get another 10 targets and kamara at 7400 dollars when he's getting that type of work he's very attractive are you telling me the ultimate leverage lineup this week is C.E.H., Hill, Kamara, and Cook? No, you think you're telling me that. It. I'm just nodding my I'll, head. I'll, I'll do it at least once. I mean, this this game is probably the game for the slate. You know, if you're going to fill out a lineup uh, with three to four, to, or obviously three, but four to five, even six players from a single game, this is probably the game to do it for. And like I said, Cook has been very successful with Hill, more successful than he was with Breeze. And I hate to say it, that holds true for Michael Thomas, too. Uh, I I know not everyone agrees on Taysom Hill, but as he racks up the points week after week with a model of consistency, it's going to be hard for the detractors to keep being detractors. They're going to catch on eventually. And I'm not naming any names. (laughs) Well, uh, Thomas comes in again, reasonably priced at 7,200 and Cook, as you mentioned, with touchdowns and back-to-back games from Taysom Hill, uh, 3,400. So much cheaper than a Hawkinson, who we talked about earlier at, at 52. 
Uh, Andrews at 55. Both guys I like this week, but the prices are a little bit more prohibitive, and you could get Cooks in, Cook in there at 3,400, and it allows you to get some of the other pieces that make you know make it a smash week. So, TJ, before we close out, we have one last sponsor, and that is Bet Online. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. And, uh, you know, TJ, we're getting back into NBA starting soon. You do NBA uh, DFS as well? Yes, sir. So, I mean, um, the Knicks had a big comeback tonight in the preseason. That probably shouldn't last too long going into the regular season. As a New York guy, I know that that's not something to get excited about. But uh, I think that I'm going to venture into NBA DFS for the first time this year. Not something I have done much of in the past. But, um, you know, I got the bug. So, and I I could use the extra money. So, I'm just going to find out whatever TJ's betting and do that. But uh, I'll let you know, man, if you want them peaks and valleys. I mean, if you want a graph that goes from here to here, stays on here, <laughs> follow my NBA. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is a roller coaster, boy. It's never consistent. Well, before we close out this NFL show, TJ, anything you want to add about this slate? Or if you want to throw anything in there about the Saturday games real quick, uh, aside from KJ Hamlin that we didn't talk about. I mean, that's enough. The, the rest of that slate is fairly self-explanatory, but I just want to – Wish very happy holiday season. Uh, I think we have another pod, but uh, holiday season to all our listeners and want to say thank you. You know, we appreciate the support and uh, we'll try to try to make you a lot of money here through the uh, through the tail end of the season and through the playoffs. I don't know if you noticed I wore my uh, my Christmas button up today with snowmen stuff on it. Very festive uh, for the holiday season. I try and I try to do what I can. And uh, yeah, man, so we will have a show. Next week, right before Christmas, you could actually wake up Christmas morning. It'll be there in your inbox, and that'll be the best gift of all. You could uh, listen to me, TJ, and Matt uh, with the family around the Christmas tree. I mean, what could be better than that? And hopefully we will make you some money to pay off those credit card bills. Go ahead. Close it out, TJ. Three lumps of coal on Christmas morning. Yes. (laughs) With that that said, we will see you one week, and hopefully when we see you, you will be in the green. 